Welcome to the Solo Women RV Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and advice from solo women RVers, van lifers, and campers who are making their travel dreams come true. Whether you're just getting started in solo travel or are a seasoned expert, this show is for you. Join us. Just because you're solo doesn't mean you're alone. Here's your host, Kathy Belch. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 62. I got a great show this week, but before I get started with that, I just want to say, in light of the recent violence uh, against the LGBTQ community, that I just want to make sure that my listeners know that no matter what your pronouns are, you are welcome here. This is a safe place for women, for non-binary people, for femme-identifying people, and for men and allies as well. So I just wanted to say that I know it's something that has been on my mind for a while of how to just say that, although we use the word women in our title, that this is a welcoming space for the diversity of gender. So I just want to make sure that that was clear for, for my listeners. So if you have any questions about that or any thoughts about that or want to reach out to me about ways that I could make this more inclusive, feel free to reach out. You can find me at Kathy at solowomenrv.com. So now let's jump into today's episode. My guest today is named Hanukkah, and Hanukkah is from the Netherlands, and she's got a great story because she shipped an RV over from the Netherlands to travel the United States and Canada. And she got her RV and she put it on a boat and now she is over here and plans to spend about a year traveling in the US and Canada. And so in our interview, she talks a bit about the process, all the steps it took to actually logistically get her RV over here, things to consider if you're thinking about doing something like that. And then she also shares a bit about the things that she's experienced. She's only been here about 10 weeks now, but already she's just been having some crazy and incredible experiences. So I want you to hear it directly from her. So let's listen in to my interview with Hanukkah. Well, hello, right. Hanukkah. Hanukkah is Hi. my Hanukkah is my guest today. And um, I'm super excited to have Hanukkah on because she is traveling the U.S., and Canada and shipped her RV over from the Netherlands to travel here. I'm really excited to have you on to talk all about this process and how your travels have been going so far. So welcome Hanukkah to the Solo Woman RV podcast. Thank you so much, Kathy. It's so nice to be here. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit. I want to get into your backstory and your travels and stuff like that. But first, let's hear a little bit about this process of buying an RV in the Netherlands and then having it shipped over to the United or to, you had it shipped to Halifax, right? So let's just start out with the first question I have, which is why did you choose to purchase and ship your own RV as opposed to renting or buying one over here? Right. Um, I have no experience with RV so whatsoever. So I made a little study of 
what I would actually need. What would, you know, do I need solar power or not? And so all those things, how large, what are the, you know, how should it be designed in the interior? Um, so once I got that straight, I thought it's still weird that I'm going to buy a camper without actually, you know, having experience. But I retired and just, you know, my mind was said, I retire and a few months later, I will be driving through the US and I've done many things before in my life. I will be okay. So it's nice to shop back home for an RV. So the choice between buying in the US or the Netherlands was not difficult because you don't buy an RV, you know, within an hour. The second is my plan was to stay there for a year to travel around for a year. And if you start, you know, doing the math with what will it cost to rent an RV, the decision was not hard to make. Yeah. Okay. After a year, I'd better buy one and maybe sell it. Maybe I'm love it and will keep doing it. So that was the choice. And also the electric uh, electrical stuff. I mean, my car is now built on 230 volt and 12 volt as is my equipment. So the choice is always, I mean, if I would buy there or even rent there, then I had to get all the stuff I would need probably, you know, oh, according okay. to the uh, American electricity net. Right. I didn't even think of that. Okay. But you're still going to need adapters to plug in yeah. when you travel. I do. I do. So yes. Um, again, my car is built on 230 and 12 fold. And the American uh, shore poles, how you call it, shore power is built on 110. So I need a big box, yeah. um, uh, heavy, which does the, the interoperability and that works fine. Okay. So just one box when you plug in and then that takes care of all, everything inside yeah. your RV. And if, a few adapters between, but it's, it's routine. You know, I, yeah. I, when I go to another place every day, it's in, in the first when I knew I had to do these things, it was very intimidating to me, but it worked out fine. Okay. So you, so you bought your RV, you had never RV'd before, but you had this idea. I'm going to go, I'm going to buy an RV when I retire and I'm going to travel across the U S and Canada. Yeah. Where did that I mean, come I, from? I, where, where did that idea come from? Oh, oh, that's a weird. So I just wrote it yesterday in my blog um there are a few things i don't know if you remember the kung fu series with david carradine grasshopper the shaolin monk back in the 70s early okay. 70s i was just i don't know 12. he was on the television and when that theme song started the music and i saw those you know those great pictures or um of the us i thought oh i want to do that i'll just want to you know like him, not with the Chinese police behind me, but just that freedom and that amount, you know, big amount of space that you got here. And then I forgot about that idea. And the second is, um, I've been, I've been a police officer for 40 years. Now, okay. when I retired, I've been to Afghanistan, I've been to places and by coincidence, I got here and this may be a long boring story but anyway after afghanistan i was invited by the dod to provide some training on relationship building i did that 10 times and then that was the first time i was in the states and i thought i'm here you know remember quite chunky yeah. <laughs> the kung fu master but it was so 
like, okay, I've been to Indiana, I've been to Pennsylvania, but it's not enough because I'm also working. It's not enough. And, you know, everything came together. Like I've been, oh, there's a huge trailer stopping here. And I'm going, I'm, they will, you know, they think they have to report here, but, um, hmm. um, due to COVID, all the missions were kind of frozen, but I had still the need to explore, you know, countries, boundaries. Anyway, the idea during COVID came up, like, what if I retire now and sell my house, buy a van and go to the States? That was just, you know, a second. And I thought many things come together. Um, I think I should do it. I have no idea what I'm getting, especially with what you want to talk about, the shipping, paperwork, technical stuff. Huh. What does it mean to own an RV? What does it mean to live in an RV? And I thought, I don't know. I think I'll be all right. That's yeah. that's the confidence I have. Maybe stupid. Maybe it's just how I work, and it always works out for me. Not yeah, always. you know that's that's been a theme on this podcast. It it always works out. But um, yeah. and what a like what a commitment. You didn't just you didn't dip your toes in. Like you jumped in full on to this journey. Well, it's also what have you done before in your life that built you know, confidence. Yeah. And I think by then that I had confidence enough, like, um, little spaces. I have no problem with it. I did Nepal in the mountains from a tent, you know, it's cold, it's small, there's no hot water. So basically I thought I will be okay because for me, it's also like, let's, let's take this challenge. Yeah. I can do it. And that's, yeah. But I have to admit, while doing it, the first weeks, I was kind of not stressed out, but every sound I heard, like, oh my God, what is this? What, what's going to break down? What what do I have to do? Um, and now, after 10 weeks, I start to relax. Yeah, there's there is a break in period for every, you know, everyone starting out on this journey, that's for sure, to get used to it, no matter yeah. I mean, that happens for me, even when I head out after being off the road for a while, it takes a minute to get back, get back into the groove and get used to it. So yeah. that's fantastic. So let's get it back up for a minute and tell us a little bit more about this process of, right. of getting your, right. buying the RV and then having it shipped. And you went to Canada. I'm assuming there's a reason you shipped it to Canada. Only the cool sound of Nova Scotia, Halifax. I didn't care for anything else. I could choose Baltimore and New York. And so that seemed to me like a bit too hysterical, like oh, I, New York. No, no, no. But Nova Scotia, Halifax, I mean, just the sound. And it appeared to be the right choice. It's relaxed. So you, you bought this RV. Do you drive it to the ship and, 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 okay. and, and wave goodbye? Like, how does it work? Yeah, horrible, horrible. <laughs> because I had this brand new RV. I tried it for a couple of weekends, only, what is it, like five miles from home, because I thought it's not in the driving, it's just, you know, getting to, to not, I mean, if something doesn't work, I'm still able to talk to the dealer right. and say, how does this work? Um, and then there's the moment where you have to prepare the vehicle for 
to you know to hand over at Harbor. I found very early in the process a great German company, uh, Seabridge, and G German is for us like solid. You know, yeah, it works. And the the gift for me was that they provided me with so much information, not just me, but everyone who wants to ship their vehicle. So you get a whole list of what you have to do um, about the shipping thing. So it has to be like thoroughly clean, no pieces of dirt in your car or, or at the wheels. It needs to be covered with plastic. Wow. You need to have this document and that document. So in my kitchen, I had a big white paper, mm. uh, not paper, uh, flip. Yeah. And I wrote in the middle, Road Trip USA. And I thought there will be a lot of things I have to organize. So one was transport, then I found Seabridge. And then you, you know, you just, every day there's a little step to be taken that you can take because at first it's like overwhelming. I can gain that knowledge the trip because I was alone. I thought, no, even though I'm alone and I think I'm my best companionship, but it means there's a lot of work to do yeah. by just one person and that's me. So again, you're well prepared and then, then the day is there that you have the car, you know, cleaned by a professional company. It was brand new, but it had to be cleaned anyway. Wow. I had to cover everything with plastic. You're allowed to put your gear in the car. That saves a lot of stuff in your okay. suitcase. And so when it was, you know, delivered at the harbor, I, I went to Belgium to Antwerp. It was perfect like you know if they would steal it they could have a year of fun with my car <laughs> and that's exactly the the difficult part where you hand over the keys and they say well just leave the door open hanging in the rear window uh mirror uh... And I thought, have you any idea how long i worked for this vehicle <laughs> this is my baby and you're asking me to just you know turn around walk away and that's exactly what i did there's a, a forwarder and a shipping company and they have apps so you can exactly see what time uh, you have to deliver the van when it is on transport and you can follow it on the sea it's it's so cool and see oh it's now at liverpool and you are amazed by how crowded sea traffic is i've got so much respect for that for you know people working at sea anyway so you follow your ship and the company provides you again with information on about the pickup in Halifax. So you, you know, you have to do with the customs, you have to do with the forwarder, and then you have to go back to the harbor with the right papers to get the car out. And when I left, I think oh, it makes sense. But at the beginning, I thought these are, you know, these are things that other people do. Not me, yeah. as in people who want to buy expensive cars or garage or dealers. No, it was just me. And the people in the harbor, wherever I was, they were so friendly because they say, is it just you? And I thought, what do you mean, just me? <laughs> but yeah, there's no man behind me who has done all this. I've been asked by Americans. They ask me what it cost. How did you do it? And I said, you know, find your own company. But if you if you work with Seabridge, Dave, I'm, I'm not affiliated to them in any way, but it was such a search for myself to find out how everything worked. Also insurances that I think I will share the information with anyone, mm. with, with everyone who's interested, because it is a kind of 
research you have to do online to yeah. find out how does it work shipping my vehicle yeah that's that's awesome well maybe you can share some of that with us and we can post it on the blog that would be awesome the research that you already did if people are interested yeah. in this yeah so wow that sounds like quite a journey so then you flew over to canada to meet your vehicle well, I had to get a visa yeah. uh, because the ESTA for me was not good enough, especially with all the lockdowns we had due to COVID. I thought I don't want my expensive, my home to be left behind in the US while I have to go you know, back home for a couple of weeks to be able to again come for three months. So I thought, no, I want a visa. I don't want that to stand in the way of being relaxed and really being here. And um, looking back, and maybe it's not so interesting, but for me, it's still like a miracle. I decided in February, I'm going to buy the car and I'm going to apply for a visa. And I thought it would just be a three, you know, three months. Um, the American Embassy took a year for the next appointment. Um, and the vehicle, well, you know, with everyone on a waiting list due to the war in Ukraine and the shortage of parts, my dealer said, we'll put you on the waiting list and maybe next spring. And I told everyone, no, you're mistaken. I'm going to the US. <laughs> and my plan was, you know, August, September. And I don't want to sound arrogant or cocky, but this is exactly what happened. I found on the website of the, of the, of the embassy that someone, you know, canceled and that was in May. And the dealer called me and said, you, you know, guess what? the vehicle you wanted, the color you wanted, it's in Czechoslovakia, red, and the are still interested in And Well, bottom line, May, I had an visa in my passport and a brand new camper and oh. three months. I don't know how, but wow. All the time I was just worried, like, will this ever work out? You know, I never was completely sure where will be the, the catch, where will be the problem. Maybe this is too much information for. No, podcast, no, no. It's, but... it's, it's interesting. Yeah. So I, I think that, so you had it in your head that you were going to go by a specific date and things worked well, out. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Things just worked out. Yeah. And I don't know why and how, but it just did. Yeah. There are times here when I was overwhelmed with everything, especially some parts in nature where I actually broke down and cry because sure. I thought, who the F am I? Who am I to, you know, I'm a no one, nobody. If you look at the complete earth, but yet here I am with my brand new van and I'm, um, I did it and, you know, I'm pinching myself and I'm, but I'm also crying. Like, I'm so grateful. I am so deeply grateful. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, that's why I mentioned it's, this is maybe the project of my life, except for being a mom, Yeah. <laughs> but wow. yeah, it makes me feel great and vulnerable yeah. at the same time. Yeah, that's wonderful. Such gratitude for yeah, for the opportunity to do this. Yeah. And for people the other way around might be completely different because Americans don't need visa for uh, the Netherlands or for the e EU. So it's I'm trying to, you know, the bigger picture of yeah. how stressful it was at sometimes where you're overwhelmed with everything you need to know, you need to 
people you need to speak, things you need to arrange. And then there's the moment when you I flew to Halifax and I thought, and now I'm going to pick up my camper van. Isn't that yeah. isn't that amazing? Yeah. And then what about getting into the US? Did you have any issues with crossing the border? Um I was prepared again. I was picked out in the line because I have a visa and, and you just need a stamp. You have to pay $6. And they, of course, they ask, why would a woman do this traveling alone? Why would you leave your family behind? Uh, why do you, you know, you're just you with a camper. And, and I thought, have me to Afghanistan one and a half years. So don't tell me what I yeah. can or cannot do. Good for you. But I, I thought, you know, just be quiet. Someone advised me, don't start discussion. Like in my own countries, we, we are very direct and blunt. Mm. And I thought from his perspective, I get it. And the only thing they further want to know, do you have fresh vegetables or dairy, okay. dairy products? And yeah. everything was all right, but it is an excited moment. Like, please don't, don't send me back to the Canada. I didn't came here for, for Canada. I came here for the U S but, and once I, you know, passed the border, I thought, it was September 21st and I thought, I just did it, you know, wow. and there were tears again. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What I'm loving this story that you're telling me. This is so, I mean, it's so impressive and just, it, it was a big feat on your part to, to do everything, yeah. to get ready to get here. And so part of it was magic, but really it was you putting in the work, right? Yeah. Yeah. And many people, around the world you maybe because you're american you cannot imagine but many people around the world they have this fantasy i want to you know live in the us or not live in the us but do what i'm doing and my colleagues told me but you're actually doing it is it we yeah. all have this dream like oh buy a camper and once i'm retired i go to the states so and that's what made me also you know during the process feel insecure like how come I'm just doing it because so many people want it? There were also female women, you know, telling me that I could never do what you're doing, uh, leaving my daughter and my granddaughters behind. And it made me feel a bit bad, like, am I a selfish person? But then I said, I miss my daughter and my granddaughter, you know, tremendously, my dad who is alive, but I'm still doing it. There's nothing wrong with missing your loved ones. It's kind of beautiful and still pursue your dreams or take care of yourself and doing what you like. I mean, and not just because you're a woman, you're supposed to be, you know, to, to not do these things. I've, I've, I've not been raised like that. So that was ridiculous, but it felt a bit like I was accused of being selfish. Mm, yeah. And I thought, no way, you're not, you're not going to put this on my shoulder. My daughter is proud of me. I yeah. see, sent me videos of my granddaughter every day. My my father is proud, you know, just yeah. very proud. I'm writing a blog every day. And so they get it, what I'm doing here. Yeah. Okay. That's wonderful. I, I really appreciate that perspective. It's okay to miss your loved ones. To fall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the big questions people get asked a lot is, are you lonely yeah. out there? Are you lonely? Yeah. Yeah. And, and how do you answer that question? Yeah. Well, the, the solo female or solo women um, Facebook page, 
gave me the, the last push when I thought, but I will be lonely. I mean, what am I going to do with Christmas, with my birthday? What if I'm just crying my eyes up because I'm an invisible person here? And then I read the same things that even American women had those same questions about their own personal security. And then I saw women, you know, 80 years old who bought a van bigger than my, you know, modest fan and i thought wait if they can do it i can i can too and the response i got was overwhelming hundreds of kind supportive reactions that i thought i am so going to do this and so how has it been did you have did you have some loneliness and oh. if so how have you been dealing with it and then what about on the other side maybe some surprises that you weren't expecting um, two days ago, I had the first moment of loneliness and I noticed that, I, wait, I don't know, my Siri is, and then, so I felt lonely and I noticed that I wanted to push that away. Like I'm going to watch Netflix or I'm going to, and I thought, no, wait a minute. I told myself I will be lonely. Here it is in my face. So I could book a flight home. Do I want that? No, I don't. So I better admit, oh, here comes the loneliness. Yes, I told myself I will be lonely and it is absolutely okay. Of course, of course you will feel lonely. And that just kind of calmed everything down because I told myself it's, of course you are and it's okay. Just, you know, accept it. Hi, loneliness. There you are. <laughs> and other moments, no more positive um that things especially the effect of the raw spacious nature on me on the blue ridge parkway i i broke down as in a positive way like oh my god it's i yeah and that's amazing and the outer banks when i drove in from next hat and i was the only one driving there there were dunes, sand dunes, and there was a harsh wind, and the sand was blown over there. I, I put it on my Facebook, so, and I thought, it's like I'm on the moon or somewhere. I'm in this strong protective car, but I'm a director of this car, and I'm going to a lovely place. It's a KOA camp, but this is just out of space so beautiful. Mm. And, and I had not, you know, you don't really know how that, how that enters your i don't know soul or something your being once you're really confronted with it and think this is beyond i don't know this is pure existence something like that i i sound really weird maybe now but no i think that's i think we're everyone listening here is going to relate because i think that's why we do this those moments yeah that's what pushes us through those lonely days is those moments where everything just feels like it's it's magic. Yeah. And there was one other moment also in the outer banks. I mean, after 10 weeks, you're kind of used to do everything by yourself. And sometimes I thought, I'd like to have a coffee. I have to make my own coffee again. Mm. And then there was a really nice man working on the, the KOA. And I noticed that he was putting some firewood in my pit. I had not ordered firewood. 
And I was so moved that anyone, you know, just a person was kind of being nice to me. Mm. And one day he said, you know, do you want a coffee? And I said, oh, I could use a coffee. He said, I'm going to get you a coffee. And I came back and that normally it's just so easy when people say, you want a coffee? Yeah, sure. But it was like, you didn't have to do that, you know. But for me, it was a huge thing. Mm. Like just another person who sees people coming and going thought, let me offer her a coffee or let me give her some firewood. And I made my first campfire that night. That was the coolest. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> Well, have you met it? Yeah, have you met some people along the way? Um, amazing. That I did not. I could not foresee. It started in um, in in at Nova Scotia. I decided to stay there for like I don't ten days to just you know before I crossed the border to actually know my van. The first day I lost my credit card. It was found again. The second day I sprained my ankle, and something else. And I thought, maybe i'm mistaken everything did work out but maybe why is everything going wrong right now but then help came from you know you cannot make this up the manager of the first koa said you need ice for that ankle and i said well i'm my van i have no eyes he said i you know, i got you and he gave me an open wow. bag with ice cubes he said well some people needed it and i'm just extra and i i was just you know, so moved with this. Then I had neighbors, also females, that came to me and said, whenever you need a friendly female voice, call me. So people were very spontaneous. Everyone, everyone, young and old, especially guys, they reacted on my car. You know, like, where's this car from? Yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful ring. And I can share technical stuff because I studied it now. And so 10 years later i had i think six six phone numbers uh in in my list and it was their own initiative you call me you call me. If, whenever you have a problem we have a great network and i thought this i would never have thought how it would be um and and the crazy was when i met like 200 miles further people that i met in the first days and i heard someone yelling my name and i thought Oh, you know, who who calls my name? And it was that couple. And that was a lovely uh, thing together. So it's, it, that's also been amazing how people, they kind of step in your shoes. That, that's how it seemed to me. And they know, you know, they can imagine what you need. If your car breaks down, if this work, call me, call my husband, he will know everything. And, um, a people from the masonry who said, you know, I have a huge network. So whenever something happens, call me. Can you imagine? Wow, people don't yeah. have to do that. And yeah. they just, it was not, I wasn't being hopeless or like, oh, I don't know. That's not, you know, that's not how I present myself. But it was appreciated. I saved all the, you know, I have a heap now of phone numbers uh, also in my phone. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, the magic of travel. That's just great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And so it's only been about 10 weeks now. And how long are you going to be on your journey? Um, if my visa gets extended, which I mean, why not? I'm completely independent. So a year. I had in my mind a year. 
Wonderful. And that's also, if you want to ship your vehicle, you have to check also the law, judiciary issues. And there is, a, I forgot the name, let's say the Act of Geneva something something year, which says that countries have to allow each other's citizens to drive their own vehicle for maximum a year. And, and I haven't even come up with it, but I just found it and I thought, oh, that's a good one. So I can keep my license plate. Insurance doesn't work. You have to have an American insurance and everything. But I thought, you know, brilliant, brilliant. So when people ask me, are you allowed to drive like this here? And I also keep space in my, you know, for as a thought, like maybe, maybe I'll say in two months, you know what? It's good. It's I'm done. It's finished. Um, I cannot imagine me saying mm -hmm. that because I, there's so much I still have to visit. But there might be an option that maybe something at home, you know, goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I hope I hope to spend a year and finish my round. Yeah. So what is your planned route? I noticed that it's. I'm different. Normally, I would give you very short answers, but there's so much behind it now yeah. because my friends asked the same, what's your plan? And first I said, I don't have a plan. I just wake up. I follow my nose. And, and they said, oh, no, no, no. You've got to have a plan. And I thought, I worked for 43 years or which 40 again at the police force. We always work according to plan. Not anymore. Yeah. Done with the plans. And then I thought, well, I have to give them something. So I told them I'm going to visit all the states. <laughs> and that was like, oh, thank God she has a plan. She's <laughs> but it's not what I'm doing. And um, I'm going clockwise. So from Halifax down and then clockwise also to be uh, to, to stay to keep to stay ahead of the winter in like yeah. serious winter. And until so far, I think that works fine. Um, well, that's it. And per state, I'll I'll do a little Google I, and I have, of course, a travel guide. I have the two red mechanicals atlases with, thank God I didn't have to use yet, but I'm just checking. Okay. I'm now entering Pennsylvania. What are the must-sees and which one is appealing to me? And obviously that was uh, Lancaster and Amish country, so to mm. say. And that was also amazing experience where I felt like what am I doing in the, you know, yeah. I am the, the strange person here. And I got to meet, got to meet some of the Amish and talk German with them, but that's what I did. You know, I went North, North Carolina. So what, where do I go? And then I found this lovely place, Traveler's Rest, and I Googled it. And then I found it's an old town, which hundred years ago, people, when they came from the Blue Ridge Mountains or when they had to cross them, that's where they would stop and buy stuff or rest. And I thought, I'm going, I'm going over there. And I'd read the book of uh, Fanny, I can't, Flag, Flag, I think, you know, Fried Green Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that Whistle Stop Cafe was oh. exactly also in Traveler's Rest. Okay. So that's where I was. I had Fried Green Tomatoes there. I talked to the waitress who gave me beautiful history and that's how I kind of move. Yeah. Um, so what sounds familiar, what, what like Cape Cod, I heard so many times, well, better check it out, you know, or, or the outer banks or 
where I'm now, Myrtle Beach, I know it's touristic, but let's see. And every state until so far in my eyes is different. You just see things changing while making miles. And that's how I just move on. And I decide, am I going to stay here for one day or will I add one, two or three days? Um, and most important thing is the Wi-Fi. That's absolutely mm. necessary for me to book new uh, accommodations and to check out the roads. What what do I have to see while traveling? Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. So you're primarily staying in campgrounds, and you haven't done any boondocking yet. Well, you're on the east yeah, coast. Yeah, I have. I oh, have okay. a few, uh, but still on the safe side, like Harvest Host. Oh, um, yeah. I'm still building, I think, I think I'm still building confidence to do it in nature. Mm -hmm. It's also because many people warn me, watch out for the creepy people. Mm -hmm. And then I ask, but how do I recognize? Maybe you're a creepy people, but I don't know yet. So maybe I'm the creepy people. Yeah. But I'm kind of keeping that, I think, for the West and the Midwest. Um, I, d I don't feel yet I am there to be completely by myself in nature. So I have done some state parks where there are non facilities. My car can handle that. And I've done some boondocking, but again, at a brewery, at a cemetery. And, and so that feels kind of safe. Yeah. I'm not ready yet to dive in and then find out that my cell phone doesn't work. There are creepy people. My car doesn't start. <laughs> no, I, as a police officer, I think, oh, come on, no. Use your brain. Yeah. And as a police officer, you, you can use your intuition for sure. I'm sure that you will be fine. I mean, it's already such a big leap that you took yeah. to come to a foreign country. So many things to navigate and all alone and by yourself in your yes. RV. So let, let's st step back for a moment and just appreciate all the courage it took just to yeah. do what you did. You're right. That, and, and that's also a lesson after so many years of work. It took me weeks before I was able to slow down a bit. Mm -hmm. Slow down. You don't have to be productive. You don't have to make the miles. If I stayed in a campground, I thought, what, a, what am I supposed to do now? It was weird to not yeah. be productive definitely a lesson there to learn how, and I, that's something I've learned, not just someone who's recently retired, but anyone heading out on the road to, to learn how to slow down. And I do think that's one of the yeah. reasons we head out for our travels is to learn how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And the, also via the solo female side, the two to two or three, three, three rule, that was an eye opener for me because I had no thought yet about how am I going to drive? I mean, every day. And then I heard this rule and I thought the one I picked out that would was the stay minimal two nights. So you have one full day in actually being, you know, don't do, just be. Mm -hmm. And for my personality, that was, oh, all right. Yes, no to myself, I have to be. And then mm -hmm. the first time I booked like two nights until no, I thought, I get it. I get it. And the 222 rule, do you want to explain what that is? Yeah. Yeah. The two hours drive, um, 200 miles, be there at two o'clock 
and stay two nights in. That was helpful. Um, it's also it's very early dark here. We have like in the summer evenings until ten. It's light, so you find out like I don't want to drive somewhere in the dark when, especially in a new camp. Yeah, that's a great rule. I love it. Awesome. Well, Hanukkah, this has been a wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed hearing about this and I look forward to following more of your travels. Is there anything that I didn't ask you or bring up that you wanted to talk about? Um, again, the paperwork, what you mentioned, just get your stuff ready. Make yeah. sure that you can focus after that on the trip and be very um, introspective or intuitive, but make sure you have your finance, your insurance, your documents on order, in order. Yeah. I have a vault installed in my van because I thought if I want to do some sightseeing, I want to be sure that my laptop or my documents, they are safe. I, you know, it's just little things where I thought if this is arranged, then I can step fully in mm -hmm. RVing. Yeah. Full time for a year. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great advice. Absolutely. No matter what, no matter whether you're heading out from another country or whether you're heading yes. out within yeah. the U S make sure you have your finances yes. in order and everything like that. Yes. So yeah. that you can relax and enjoy the journey. I really want to thank my guest Hanukkah this week. She actually uh, had to finagle a bit to try to find a good place to conduct our interview. She ended up kind of hiding out in a little booth at the KOA that she was staying at and people kept coming up to the booth trying to ask her questions. So I really appreciate her finding that spot and making the time to come on and share her story with us. Here are my key takeaways. Number one, for international RV travel, Make sure to account for any kind of differences in electrical equipment. Number two, preparing for a big journey like this, whether it's going to be across the ocean or even a short vacation trip, there are a lot of things to do to get ready. So break it down into small manageable steps so as not to overwhelm yourself. Number three, take time to get all your ducks in a row logistically and financially so that you can be present on and introspective in your journey and not have to worry about those things. Number four, there's nothing wrong with missing your loved ones to pursue your passion. Number five, if you're feeling insecure, scared, or unsure at any point, reach out to fellow solo women travelers via our Facebook group. And the link will be at the end of the show notes. Number six, Loneliness can be a part of solo travel, but it's okay. Expect it and plan for it. Number seven, coming down from our busy lifestyle, it'll probably take some time to learn how to slow down. Number eight, to get the most out of your journey, follow the 222 rule. Travel less than 200 miles, arrive by 2 p.m., and stay for two nights. Thanks for listening to the Solo Women RV podcast. Please join our email list over at solowomenrv.com to stay up to date on all things solo travel related. And if you like what you heard today, please consider becoming a podcast sponsor. Details can be found over at anchor.fm 
slash Kathy hyphen Belge. And if you know someone who would benefit from what we talked about today, please share this episode with them or leave us a review over on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps and makes it easier for others to find us. The Solo Women RV podcast theme music is Field Station by Nicole Potolsky. And until next week, we'll see you out there on the road.